Well, I want to go into the word today. I've got a word for you. Let's see what time it is. Yeah, I've got plenty of time. I've got, you, do you have time to listen? I visited a church with my wife. We were out of town, and a little Baptist church was renting the city center, nice little building, and um, we got in there, and they passed out a sheet of about three worship songs. The pastor came out and preached. I asked where the offering bucket was. I gave, and we left, and I got so fed, and I got so blessed, and I pray you get fed and blessed today. And I don't know what you're going through or what station in life you're in or what process, but I know God knows, and I know that we're to pray, give us this day our daily bread. So I'm praying that you get some kind of nutrition that will fuel you, that will encourage you, that will strengthen you, and I believe God is going to help you do that. So I have two areas of scripture I want to turn to. Uh, One is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And the other, and starting with verse 13, and the other is Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, when you turn to those, you could get your hands in those, and if you're a note taker, what I'm teaching on, Exodus 18.20. Exodus 18.20, you don't have to turn to this, it'll come up on the screen. But Moses was micromanaging, he got spread too thin, he had just led ancient Israel out of Egyptian bondage, 430 years of, uh, of slavery. And they were going into their own personal promised land, going through the wilderness, the parting of the Red Sea. And God had Moses take a side journey and get up on the mountain. And God downloaded uh, the law to him and the the commandments. And God was specifying some amazing things to his people, the Jewish people. And um, but yet Moses got over uh, spread out and was too busy and the father-in-law said, the thing you're doing is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. You're going to wear your people out. He said, um, you need to delegate and find people, faithful people. And and that's always something that needs to take place. But the thing that was distilled and the thing that was emphasized was for Moses, uh, he said, uh, teach them the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. And so I see in Moses' case, his responsibilities, the requirement that was on him, to teach the people the way to walk and the work to do. That's pretty clear. How shall we live? You know, we're to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We're to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And I like the word walk because that's the the primary way we get around. And um, the imagery is so strong, but really what it means is we just keep moving. We live. It's, these are principles to live by. And we're to walk with God and we're to walk in love with him and we're to walk toward him and stay with him throughout the course of our days. And I'm always wanting to learn what pleases the Lord. I know you are too. And the work we're to do. I, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship and that we are created in Christ for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And later in chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul tells that early fledgling church of people who were idolaters steeped in the Greco-Roman mindset of philosophy and superficiality, hedonism, secularism, sensuality, uh, idols following idols. And God brings a correct revelation of a true and one living God and his son Jesus who died for sins and that sin uh, needed to be contended with and repented of. And they repented. And then uh, he said that it's uh, in Ephesians 4.16, 
that we're to grow up in all aspects in him and that it's according to the proper working of each individual part that causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. So there you go. Uh, living things grow. We have a growth potential. We just dedicated these young babies. I was around to see these, some of these guys when they were young. I went to the hospital when Josh was 12 years old and we prayed the prayer of faith with mom and dad. We stood our ground. I was here at the wedding and now I see their three children. I love sticking around long enough. I'm just not a quitter. I just don't vacillate. I've only been a member of about three churches in the last 43 years. And uh, I just keep pressing on. I, we, we have a bank. We got a bank when we came out of Bible school and we're in the same bank. Now it's changed four times, but we're still in the same bank. We're, I'm, I, I'm all about loyalty, man. I stick with the thing. The restaurateurs around here, I mean, yesterday uh, the waitress said, George wants to say hi to you. And George is a manager and he's in the kitchen. I'm Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce wants to say hi to you. Yeah, George too. I'm standing next to Bruce. And I was sitting in a booth and he's waving to me, waving to me. And because and, uh, they know that I, you know, I come in and I, I, you, can, you, just, you just press on and you stick with the thing. You don't flight and flow and just jump and pop like popcorn. You stick with the thing. That's a good word right there. So let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. I feel led to start with Habakkuk chapter 2. We'll read verse 1 through 4. My subject today is we are to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to explain what that means. I'm going to tell you a little bit of what it does not mean. It doesn't mean denial. It doesn't mean ignoring things. It just means that like Christmas Evans, the, the Welsh revivalist, who was so impactful in southern Wales during the, 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 the Welsh coal mining revival of the 1905 period. He said, faith is not a sense, nor a sight, nor a reason, but simply taking God at his word. Faith is not a sense, nor sight, nor reason, but simply taking God at his word. So here's the word of the Lord for Habakkuk. He said, I will stand on my guard post. This is a Hebrew gentleman that had a moment where he needed to hear from God. So he got alone with God, had some solitude, and he got on his guard post, whatever that meant for him. He, he, he isolated himself. He got away from uh, any distractions, and he stationed himself. He had, to get, he had to plant his feet on it, and, and on the rampart. And he says, I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. And how I may reply when I am reproved. So he's listening. He knows whom the Lord loves. He chastens. He's expecting God to bring some correction to him. 2022 is a year of correction and direction and so forth. And so this is what adjustment is being made in his life at this moment. Then the Lord answered him and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. This tells us it's important to write down goals. It's important, it was of course important for the Bible writers to write down what God was saying to them because now we have the Bible as a result. But also God wants us, Proverbs 29, 18, to have vision. For without a vision we perish, but with a vision we can see things accomplished and seize upon things that the Lord calls us to do and we'll see great results. Record the vision, make it plain on tablets that the one that reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. Ecclesiastes 3, 
It says from 1 to 11 that there's a time and a place for everything and a time for every event under heaven. Verse 11 says he's made everything beautiful in its time, and he said eternity in our hearts. There's only satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Through all the nations, I could say this for the Asian world, the Latin world, the European world, Africa, the, the Americas, the islands, all the whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God and the knowledge of him in every place. You're looking at a guy who wasn't raised in church. I was raised in a sort of a nominal secular household in Southern California, born in San Francisco, raised in Southern California, finally got saved as a teenager. And the new birth changed everything. My first birth was a little challenging. I had a biological father that, that abandoned. I, um, my, my mother had issues. My stepdad came and stepped in and was a stabilizer, though he worked for aerospace and worked sometimes 17 hours a day, sometimes seven days a week during the, the uh, Cold War and Vietnam and so forth. And in his, you know, the, all the different work. Uh, so I, I would, like you, you know, we're all raised with issues and situations. Some uh, are ideal, some are not so ideal. But the new birth uh, takes us into a, a, a new position. If anyone is in Christ, we become, get this, a new creation. One translation says a new species of being, which never before existed. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And I have that, like you do, the story of background and life and all that. But we don't have to be governed by the, the, the dictates of that baggage. Because if anyone is in Christ, we become a new creature. We're buried with him through baptism and death. Just, as order as, just in the same order as God raised Christ from the dead, uh, he raises us to walk in newness of life. And I'm a big believer in that. And we're new creatures. And I'm a new creature preacher. And I'm, uh, the old things pass away. And I'm not governed by my past, you, nor should you be either. Even as a local church, we've had some hard days and we've had some high days. And we don't lean on our laurels or accolades, nor do we lean on and disparage uh, uh, over the dark times. We just keep our eyes on Jesus. We lift up our eyes on Jesus. We're looking unto Jesus because Jesus is the head of the church. He has a perfect plan and perfect synchronized timing. And if we'll pay attention to him and if we'll listen to him, uh, like Moses in, in Exodus 18.20 We'll learn the way we're to walk, and we'll see, actually, and identify the work we're to do. Hallelujah. That's good stuff right there. So with Habakkuk, he says, look, I want to speak some things to you, lay some things out for you, and the vision is going to come at just the right time. Um, we had a prophetic word, similar to these words for these young kids, uh, uh, from a man named Dick Mills, and he talked about our church. We were, we were just blowing out the seams, and he said, you're going to go, he, it pained him, he said, it pains me to tell you, you're going to go through the eye of a needle, and then you'll have revival, and it's not what you want to tell, a big, growing, mighty situation, but I thought, I'm cool with that, God's will be done, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it can't bear fruit, and I didn't get in this for a popularity contest or to compete with anybody else or to try to just build up a bunch of systems and mechanisms. I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit like you are. I want Jesus to be the Lord of these situations, and I want to, if that's you, Lord, bid me come, is what Peter said, and that's what got him to step out of the boat and walk on water, and that's what's going to sustain us. That, in fact, is what got us to this point. And I appreciated my wife asking Josh Wheeler to share a little of his testimony. 
and he, you know, he said, making a long story short, I mean, man, his parents had to, they, they took him and, and got him exposure to whatever care they could get him, all the while believing God in faith. Um, man, we were praying together, believing God together. He's playing hockey one minute out there in his hockey rink as a 12-year-old. Next minute, he's got this, he, he passes out, and he's got this diminishment and things, and the, this tumor wrapping around the, his brain stem, and they're saying, this is, this is fatal. And, yet, and then I remember when he was paralyzed. I remember all those seasons. So when I got to do his wedding, or when I got to dedicate the baby, I have inside uh, long-running experience with it, and I see the faithfulness of God. I hope you can take some encouragement from that kind of testimony. Because I don't know what you're going through. In the last service, there was a widow that just got a widow, a, a lady sitting next to the, uh, the widower, the lady sitting next to him. Her sister just died a couple days ago. And the lady sitting in front of her, her husband had passed. So, but yet they're on the first and second row. These guys are here pressing on. They're not like blasé about God. They know where their help comes from. We know where our help comes from. And in a global pandemic and in, in the issues of the Ukraine, crazy stuff in Buffalo, New York, all the destabilizing that's trying to happen on the economy, for whatever reasons, we know the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, but yet with us, we lie in the power of the grace of God and that empowers us to think differently, to be bold, to walk by faith and not by sight. So here's what it says here, and finishing up in, in, in Habakkuk. He says, um, verse 4, behold, he says, the vision is yet for the appointed time, verse 3, it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. You guys that have been at it a while, don't get discouraged. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't walk and look around and think, why aren't my circumstances lined up like I had expected? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, all that stuff. Just, just trust God for his timing. Though it tarries, wait for it. We, you know, one, one guy, the pastor from Seattle named Wendell, he prophesied over our church that, that we're to teach you guys how to pray, how to wait, and how to serve. Pray, wait, and serve. When we pray, we believe we receive. They that wait upon the Lord will gain new strength. And, uh, you know, we endure divine delays. We endure and overcome the delays the devil tries to, to halt us with. We can discern the difference. And for it will certainly come, it will not delay. Verse 4, behold, as for the proud, the arrogant, the self-reliant, the dismissive one, his or her soul is not right within them. Their soul's off. Their spiritual life is skewed. When you're leaning on your own power and you're not living for God, there's a way that seems right to a man, but that end is absolutely goofy. But the righteous will live by what? By his faith. Now, faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained a good report. Uh, Dr. Proctor's dad, and her, she has a heritage, an interesting heritage, of the spirit-filled life in her, in her family, and now it's on her daughter and son. It's now it's spread throughout the family. It's very rich. She has a rich heritage. It's, it's really cool because it's different than mine. Mine was like, dude, you know, mine was like Cheech and Chong, and hers was like going to a church that there were so many 90- and 100-year-old people, and they were driving their own cars. The, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
had lifted them up. She's talked to her father. How old's your dad now? 94. 94. So he has experienced some amazing heritage. There's such a heritage on you guys. And I listened to that. I listened to the Wheeler testimony. I think, man, that's my God. I listened to Dr. Proctor's testimony, and I think, wow, with fascination. They, they, she said that people were so strengthened that it was like that God, with long life, he'll satisfy us and show us his salvation. So I'm, I'm believing God for that longevity and that sustenance. I'm believing God that your testimony really rises up out of the rubble of all the conflict you face and that your faith gets strengthened. And it's the substance of the things hoped for. How many of you have hopes? I have hopes for my, my four kids. I have hopes for my church. I have hopes for my marriage. I have hopes for my city. I have hopes for the St. Louis Bi-State area. I really do. I'm a transplant here, and I want to see the glory of God cover this region. I have hopes for the Chesterfield Valley. I have hopes for my neighbors. Now, my neighbor just came up to me, and he said he had triple bypass, and uh, he was walking on our driveway, the shared driveway, and, and I pulled up, and we were coming to church on Friday. He goes, you going to church? I said, I'm basically, I'm saying, yeah, you want to come with me? I said, I said, because he says he's an atheist and stuff. And I said, uh, I'm your Uber driver to church. You ready to go? You know, so it's like, I'm, I'm working it, man. I'm working it. I'm working it because I'm walking by faith and I have hope for my neighbors. I love my neighbors. Um, and, and I'm believing God for salvation to come and hit uh, even the ones that mistreat you and even the ones that you just feel like, what? But nevertheless... We're going to trust God, and, and we're going to like walk by faith and not by how we feel, not by what things look like. Um, things that we see are temporary, but the things that we don't see are eternal. And we're actually to fix our hope on these things. It's, it's a radical walk. I don't believe crystals have supernatural power to heal. Um, I believe the Creator has supernatural power to heal. Um, you know, I, I don't believe that the stars are, are a fortune-telling gimmick for astrology, but I do believe the, the firmament declares the glory of God. And God named all of them, and I think they're super cool. I look to them, but I don't look to them to give me, uh, you know, guidance for my day. I look to the Word of God to give me guidance for my, my day. And I, I don't want to uh, consult with psychics or astrology or any of that stuff because the Bible condemns it and gives us this preferential approach to the righteous shall live by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, but also that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And that's, for example, what I got from Dr. Proctor, Linda Proctor. She's taken it not just like, yeah, I believe there's a God. She's, she's adamant. She's saying, hey, God, get a hold of my my son who's moving up the ladder in professional sports. Get a hold of my daughter who has an intellectual aptitude, my, my husband and my family, my church. She's using her faith. The wheelers are using their faith. You're using your faith through a pandemic, through all this kind of division about this social issue and that issue. And there's so many statements out on, on, on a social media and so much contention and so much rivalry, so much pettiness. And yet the Lord is saying, I want you, there's a certain way I want you to walk. I want you to walk by faith. I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk by the Spirit. I want you to walk in the light. I want you to walk in the truth. I want you to walk in good works. 
And I believe over the next few weeks, we're going to be stirred in this area. And God is going to open up some doors for you. This is designed to augment your faith. I know that like when we went out of town and visited the Baptist church and the young man brought a great word, I could remember some of what he said. What was amazing about it was I had just studied the previous verses in the book of James. So when I came in there and I opened up the piece of paper, I looked at it and thought, oh, cool, we're flowing together. And that's just how God will do that. How many of you come to this church and Pastor Jeff got up and it was like, whoa, you read my mail. What was actually the Holy Spirit? I can't do that. I mean, I come in and go, uh, help me, Lord. You guys pray for me, then God will give me something. Right? And then you draw off the anointing and you receive from the head of the church equipping. Praise God. Faith is not a sense, nor is it a sight, nor is it reason, but simply taking God at his word. As for the proud, when his soul is not right within him, but the righteous shall live by their faith. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to show you something very interesting. Verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 4, New Testament. Paul speaking to the Corinthians, very cosmopolitan, kind of like the St. Louis Bi-State area, very populated, uh, very uh, eclectic, very unique, socioeconomic differences, people, uh, you know, it's a hodgepodge of uh, different uh, ethnicities and things like that. It's a, it's a crossroads of the, the uh, spice trade and those kinds of things, a port city. A lot, there's a lot going on here in, in Corinth. And he gets up and he says in chapter 4, verse 13, but having the same spirit of faith, having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. If you're a new Christian, this might be foreign to you. So let me tell you, in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And the first thing God did to humanity, I think I mentioned it in the baby dedication, he blessed Adam and Eve. He blessed them. First thing he did for humanity. The last thing Jesus did after he died on the cross, rose from the dead, and was about to ascend, walked out several hundred people out to the edge to a place called Bethany. As he was taking them and he got, got them out in this place, he lifted up his hands. He didn't preach a sermon. He didn't prophesy over them. He didn't lay hands on everybody. He blessed them. God is, and what, it, what that is, that, that's the word doxology. That's where we get that word. And he's, we believe, therefore we speak. In Mark chapter 11, the Bible says, have faith in God, verse 22. Verse 23 says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Don't let people dismiss this notion like it's some sort of name it and claim it thing. Or don't let anybody uh, 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 prevent you or run you off from this vital biblical doctrine. This is one of the most important things you'll ever come across in your existence. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, and those who love it will, 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 see it, will eat, eat good fruit. Um, we believe, therefore we speak, because we have a spirit of faith. And, and, and faith speaks thus wise. It says to your mountains, get out of the way. Yesterday we were praying here together for hours, and we were speaking to our mountains. There may, we, we were speaking to mountains over people. We, we were speaking about 
and praying for people, and, but we were praying for ourselves and believe in God, we're going to get to the other side of whatever problems try to loom, right? And it says in, in, uh, in Mark chapter 11, verse 20, 23, we speak to our mountains. That's what we believe, therefore we speak. See, again, faith is not based on sense, a sense, nor sight, nor reason, but simply taking God at his word. I lo- Don't you love that? And that's spoken by the revivalist from around 1905 that saw a great move of God in Wales. To walk by faith, not by sight, means that we discipline our actions, not by what we see, but by what we believe. I see a lot of things. Before I got ready for church, my wife was showing me the news report about another terrible, heinous shooting out of town. I look at those things, and I see those things like you do. I'm not in denial. I'm not ignoring it. I see the encroachment of things like you do. I see the gas prices like you do. I see the the maladies on society like you do. But I want to keep my eyes on the Lord. I, I see those things, but then I lift up my eyes, Psalm 121, verse 1 through 3, to the Lord, from whence comes my help. I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from the mountains. My help doesn't come from TED Talk or business principle or success approach. My help comes from this person named the Lord Jesus Christ, who is really good at being the head of the church and will take us and take us seriously and walk us through the fire, walk us through the battles, walk us out through the valley and get us up into a high place That's what Habakkuk did. He said, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get before the Lord. I'm going to get away from distraction long enough to figure out enough stuff that is writable, that I could actually write it down. I'm married to a lady who has multiple bound, like college rule type books, and she fills them out with prayer requests. And she'll pull them out and say, look what I prayed two years ago. And I'll look at it. We've just seen the breakthrough on it. She'll look look what I've been believing God for. Or she'll sometimes say, look at what we've, what stubbornly, been so hard to obtain. The devil is not going to win here. We're going to, though the, though the vision tarries, we're going to wait for it because it's going to come to pass and I am believing God. Now you watch, you stick around long enough, you'll see those twins or you'll see that little Braden the, the mature and, and take on and flow. I, I prophesied over a couple of kids and uh, the mom sent me an email. Pastor Jeff, you did, we were in your church many, many years ago. We moved away because of a job, and then we lived in another city. A city. Then we now live in another city. And you, this is what you prophesied over my kids. And this one just graduated from Bible school and is going to be a pastor. And you said that this one would never be swayed by the older brother, but the, would actually would follow in the brother's steps. And she said it was always healthy through their development. I thought, wow, that's cool. That's cool. And just thinking that, you know, uh, Steve Kowalik, uh, Megan Gelber, and Maddie Ortnow, um, I dedicated all those babies. I was even at another church with Steve Kowalik. I was a youth pastor. I ended up dedicating all my... So you better believe I'm going to try to pray the very best I can for your kids. And I am believe, and I'm, and I pray dedication prayers over this church. My wife, you should have heard her decree and speak to the mountains in between the last services. You should have heard the spirit of faith that was coming out of her. And Dr. Proctor and what she shared about her dad in, in his 90s and the observation she's made. Wasn't it in Pennsylvania or something? 
Philadelphia, and there's this elegant group of people basically just refuse to die. They're just living out in abundance and not only long life, but, but they're living, you know, driving their own cars and, you know, being cool and being free and fresh because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus lifts us up and sets us free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that good? And that every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above. I have no apology for good. I'm a good news preacher. I am not candy coating it. I'm not uh, avoiding offense. The offense of the cross is, is, is pervasive through this whole message. We've got to repent in order to get in on this. We've got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. It takes humility to walk by faith. To walk by faith, not by sight, means that we discipline our actions not by what we see, but by what we believe. Dr. David Livingston said, without Christ, not one step. With him, anywhere. Say this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul in that context was talking about living in abundance and suffering need. Going through high times and going through hard times. That happens to everybody. And if we learn how to live independently from our circumstances, we see how good God is through this human process we're all in and this, this experience, then we can trust the Lord, we can stay fervent, we can stay on point. Look at what it says. I believed, therefore I spoke, because I have the same spirit of faith. You have, and you don't have, I'll tell you what you don't have. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear. But he has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you a spirit of faith. So, in fact, there is this element in our midst right now called a spirit of faith. And it's actually being stirred according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And as we hear it, there's a... There's a, a hearing of faith. Faith comes. That's how it comes. The lady heard about Jesus in Mark chapter 5, and she pressed through the crowd and said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. She had heard there was healing in his ministry. And so that inspired her to propel her past 12 years of a hemorrhage, anemia, embarrassment, spending all her money, uh, never getting better, only suffering. And she had to push past the disappointment. She had to push, push past the poverty. She had to push, push past the, the, the hurt and even the dejected kind of dismissiveness in society and she, in order to obtain what God had for her that day. And he wasn't even deliberately going to her. He was going with Jairus to their house to take care of his daughter who was in a, in a deathbed at 12 years old. And so it's like Jesus whether you're specifically coming right to me or whether you're passing by, I'll take that. Get your hand and reach out and say, I'll take that. When Josh Wheeler was sharing his testimony, I thought, that's my God. I'm going to take that. When Dr. Proctor was sharing about the observations in the Philadelphia Church of the elders, I thought, that's what I want to see people strong, and healthy, vibrant, with undiminished health. I believe in God for your health I believe in God for your hips and your knees and your thought processes, not to diminish. I'm believing God that length of days, years of life and health, he's going to give you. Praying it from the little cradle all the way up into the advancing years and everybody in between, right? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And here's what it says here, by the way. It says um, in verse 
14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Wow, the resurrection power is what this, that's where we, we stay buoyant. The church is not some lethargic little ensemble of, of people that have embraced dogma and religion. No, we're, we're brought out of darkness and into light. He said, these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. He said, when you believe in me, as the scripture says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. These signs are to follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll drink any deadly poison. It'll not harden them and so forth. Victory, greater one, the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, what did I read? Verse 15, for all things are for your sake so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people will cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. That's, I believe in the... We're talking about contagion and masks and COVID-19 and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about the spread of something of the grace of God and the gospel going forth in power that changes lives. Therefore, we do not lose heart, right? We don't get depressed. We don't throw in the towel. We don't hang it up. But though our outer man is, de is de decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed Day by day. I don't particularly like the definition of aging as decaying, do you? <laughs> but I do like that your, out, your inner man is being renewed day by day. Day by day. Renewal. Day by day as mercies are new every morning. Day by day, give us this day our daily bread. Day by day, in his presence there's fullness of joy. Day by day, we hold to his promises and they're all yes and amen. He said, for this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. I had a pastor friend give me this verse apologetically when I was going through a very harsh battle. And he, he said, hey, I, I don't want to vex you or antagonize you with this, but I just want to say this verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17, this problem you're going through is only momentary and it's actually light and it's producing an eternal weight of glory that can't even doesn't even deserve to be compared with the breakthrough that you're gonna get. I don't know what you're going through right now, but listen, keep pressing on. Keep walking by faith and not by how you feel. Just keep, faith speaks thusly. The spirit of faith speaks to mountains. The spirit of faith says, grace, grace to the mountains. The spirit of faith says, I shall overcome. Dr. King got up and said, we shall overcome. And it changed some things. That was a proactive, nonviolent way to get something uh, uh, brought to a, an improvement. That was in my lifetime. I saw that improve things. It cost him everything. But the bitterness, the, the vitriol, the, hot, the toxicity, never going to work. But I'll tell you what will work. Faith through love. Yes. God helping us to walk by faith, walk in love, walk by the Spirit, walk in the Word, walk in, in the truth. Praise God. Now, verse 7. Let's jump down because my time's escaping me, so I want to finish. It says in verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it. We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, I think my wife said to me on vacation, hey, you want to go to church? I said, sure. There's a church right over there. I said, let's go to it. So we heard there was one over here and it was one over here. And I thought, I don't want to drive uh, an hour. You know, uh, we're on vacation. So we rode our bike and we rode up to this 
church. I got in there and the same Holy Spirit was in there. And the pastor did a great job and the worship was tremendous. And I had to search to find the offering bucket. I didn't think that was good. But other than that, uh, I got something out of it. I pray you got something out of this today. I pray you got something out of it. I pray those little kids, this is launching day for those little beauties. I'm glad those parents were brave to bring kids into the world right now in 2022. And I'm believing for great things on their sons and their daughters. Let's all stand up on our feet. Say this with me. For I walk by faith, not by sight. I have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore I speak. We also believe, therefore we speak. See, faith pleases God and faith is this assurance. I'm holding to your promises, Lord. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm not leaning on my talents. I'm not leaning on the opportunities, past, present, or future. My soul is resting in Him. Faith is what Chris, Christmas Evans said, I'll repeat it again, is not a sense, nor is it sight, nor reason, but simply taking God at His word. Say this with me, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. He was buried, He rose from the dead, He ascended, sent the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is available to me. I walk by faith, not by sight. I am led by the Holy Spirit. I walk in love. I am less of a jerk than I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm growing in all aspects in Him. Now turn to the person next to you and say, you're sitting next to one of the nicest people you've ever met. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a great day. Hallelujah. Woo, he's faithful.